Max McLean is a producer and writer who stars in a new film on the life of C.S. Lewis. He's our guest today. I'm personally speaking. Please stay with us. Hello and welcome to Personally Speaking. I'm your host, Monsignor Jim Lasanti, and Max McLean joins me now. Max is the founder and artistic director of the New York City-based Fellowship for the Performing Arts, which produces theater and film from a Christian worldview. Max stars as C.S. Lewis in the upcoming film, The Most Reluctant Convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis premiering nationwide on November 3rd. You can get more information on the film and how to attend by going online to www.cslewismovie.com. He created the role of C.S. Lewis in The Most Reluctant Convert on stage in New York and on a national tour. Among Max's numerous credits he has adapted for the stage include The Screwtape Letters, Mark's Gospel, The Great Divorce, and Martin Luther on Trial. Max is married for 45 years to Sharon. Together, they have two daughters, Rachel and Julia. He's here with us today to talk about the mission of the Fellowship for the Performing Arts, his new film, The Most Reluctant Convert, and C.S. Lewis's conversion to the Christian faith. Joining me now, I'm so pleased to welcome to Personally Speaking, the actor and producer, Max McLean. Max, we had uh, a couple of years ago a young actor on who was thrilled that he was going to do uh, uh, a part of Adam in the story of Adam and Eve in the wonderful Paradise Lost, your production. And I mentioned that because uh, I was so surprised that something with a uh, Christian worldview would find its way to Broadway. Then I realized we'd had Daniel Gerald on and, and you'd already, again, through him, been telling the story of C.S. Lewis. What I want to start with is when you have shows on Broadway, off-Broadway as well, uh, what's the reaction to the Broadway community? What's the reaction to the theater community? And I mentioned that in the context of uh, Kelly O'Hara, the wonderful actress, and uh, Veronica Clark, another great actress, both very uh, uh, pretty dedicated to their Christian faith, have said they, they feel like uh, outsiders sometimes in the theater community because uh, uh, people are not mainstream Christians by and large, and so uh, treat them with a certain strangeness. Do you find a warm welcome in the theater community? Uh, we're a bit about oddballs because uh, we produce from a Christian worldview. Uh, uh, unlike Kelly and Veronica, you know, they have to decide what shows they're going to do. Mm -hmm. uh, we create the shows and, and we come from a Christian worldview perspective. So that's uh, that's baked in. And we hire the best talent that we can to right. to do uh, the shows that that we do, uh, I think the actors want a uh, a really good script that that deals with with uh, with provocative subjects, and I think we provide that. Designers want challenging projects to design, so uh, in in that regard, uh, we're very well received. You know, we we pay we pay well, we put on good shows. Mm -hmm. uh, they they like to invite their friends. Uh, the messaging of the show sometimes uh, uh, raises eyebrows, uh, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so that uh, uh, I remember there was an, when we did the screw tape letters, this an artistic, artistic director from a uh, uh, regional theater came and saw the show. And he said, it's shocking to see this kind of, of uh, moral perspective <laughs> in New York. It's just not seen. It's a little uncomfortable. And, and I, I get that. Uh, however, having said that, you know, screw tape ran for nine months at the West Side Theater. Uh, mm-hmm. The most reluctant convert, Lewis's uh, journey from atheism to faith in Christ, ran for 15 weeks at Theater Row. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what has happened? I think we're we're we're, we're filling a niche. Okay. That, and, uh, and the people that coming, Max, in New York. Yeah. The people coming are not just believers. You're you're reaching an audience of people, perhaps. Well, we try to. I mean, we invite everybody. Uh, okay. So whether they come or not, you know, theater is very uh, self-selective. Uh, yeah, right. You know, and uh, uh, I, I do think that if people have an interest in in, in a, a very uh, uh, strong, you know, n- n- what's the word I'm trying to look for? Uh, a very robust expression mm-hmm. of spirituality that's that's not soft and you know you 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 know you have to make choices you have to uh be on one side or the other and and so uh some people like that some people don't yeah i i'm i'm hoping you you're pulling in those folks who are on the margin because it would be an eye-opening and a mind-opening and a soul-opening experience for them all um i want to go back to something that uh uh, intrigues me in my own background. I, I was introduced to the works of Evelyn Waugh by uh, Mr. Kevin Cronin, my high school English teacher, and fell in love with The Bride's Head Revisited. You obviously have a deep dedication to the, the writings and the works of C.S. Lewis. I do. Who, who introduced you to him? Well, uh, actually, uh, my girlfriend, who uh, is now my wife, uh, <laughs> g- gave me a copy of Surprised by Joy, which is Lewis's yeah. autobiography. I had just recently had a conversion experience. And uh, so I was pretty sensitive to things like that. I remember reading it and thinking, this guy's really smart, but I don't, I don't think I understand a word he's saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so she said, well, uh, try this one. And that was the screw tape letters. Mm-hmm. And from page one, I said, oh, I know this guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, this yeah. Guy. It was very clear. Uh, but it, it's, the, it's the idea of, of the spiritual realm and how it, how it imposes itself on our realm. In mm-hmm. Lewis's case, he's he's constantly referencing spiritual warfare, uh, and even in Brideshead, you know, Brideshead was a little bit more subtle than Lewis, uh, but you know, the idea of God's grace, even at the mm-hmm. end, uh, was so compelling. Yeah. Uh, and and I thought the original uh, B, uh, BBC version of it yes. was so much more true and real than the right. more recent film version of it. That was. It's worth the 11 hours just to to catch the full flavor. Um, One of the first guests we ever had on a show like this many years ago was the uh, film director, Frank Capra. And he talked about making It's a Wonderful Life and any number of other films. But he said what I was intrigued by was that he actually, during the shooting of these films that he makes, would pray for the actors to find the right tone, the right approach, uh, the truth of what they were saying. Um, You're busy directing, producing, writing. Do you pray while you're working, Max? I do pray. Um, I don't pray enough, but <laughs> prayer is very important. And I ask people to pray for me. In fact, I have a prayer team uh, uh-huh. that I, I communicate because I find that I communicate my prayers better when I write them out 
Um, and we do pray for our actors. Uh, I think your comment reminds me that, you know, Frank Capra did it, then I should do it more often. <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do think, you know, it, it is, uh, it, it, the, the spiritual reality has to be nur- nurtured. And, uh, and I think that we, you know, when people are interacting with our plays, interacting with the work of C.S. Lewis, uh, they're hitting a reality that they don't hit anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And so it is our responsibility to nurture that reality uh, because once they leave us they're you know, uh, unless the Holy spirit uh, uh, touches them. And of course, that's, that's a big part of what we do is to allow the Holy spirit to do his work. You know, it's not our work, it's his work. Right. Uh, and, and if uh, you know, one of the actors this weekend was telling me uh, we're doing a tour of the great divorce. And one of the actors was telling me that he's, he's just been blown away by Lewis's that hideous strength. Uh, he's reading that and he just already read uh, the, uh, the other two space trilogies, but found the third one, first one being out of the silent planet, the second one, Paralandra, the third, uh, that hideous strength and found the third one just overwhelming. And I said, praise the Lord. <laughs> uh, now you've taken this wonderful play that you had on the stage, uh, the most reluctant convert and you're making, you've made a film of it. Um, both in the clip that I saw of it, the extended clip, and uh, of course, I've seen it too on stage. He dealt with uh, amazing disappointment, heartbreak, loss of people he loved. Uh, most of us go through that. Uh, a lot of people, though, that, that is the final turnoff from anything spiritual. Any good God who would allow such things to happen. Why did he turn from the horrors of his life uh, to being a believer? how did he do it? Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's the whole story. It was a long journey in his case. I mean, as you referenced there, he lost his mother to cancer as a child. He had a terrible relation with his father. He, he saw the brutality and, and, uh, uh, of World War I, which he called the hell where youth and laughter go. Uh, so he had a pretty pessimistic worldview. Yeah. Uh, and he came to the conclusion that uh, either there's no God behind the universe, a God who's indifferent to good and evil, or worse, an evil God. Wow. And so, uh, you know, and, and so that had to be chipped away. Uh, but the way it was chipped away was he had a, he had a perspective, and he, he asked a wonderful question. He says, if there's no straight line elsewhere, why do we call uh, nature's line crooked? <laughs> and uh, so he was, you know, there's a sense of, of why am I complaining? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because we must have some sort of expectation of good, that good is the, is the, uh, the baseline of the universe. So where does that come from? So uh, that got him to thinking. And then he also had these, these incredible experiences of desire, which usually come out of beauty of some, some, some point of beauty, whether it be music or, or a vision or a landscape. And, uh, and they would give him this sense of longing, this uh, this desire, which uh, uh, he called joy. And he mm-hmm. wanted to know where that came from because he kept looking for it. That was his goal was to find joy. And he said he became a scholar at looking at it. But then he realized and he was looking at the sensation of it and not looking at the object of it because it was pointing to an object. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that object is God. And that was the ultimate thing that pushed him uh, toward uh, first God, uh, uh, first kind of a, uh, a Platonist God, then sort of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And finally, finally, he came to terms with Jesus Christ. 
Uh, years ago, Max, I had uh, seen on Broadway the production, the original production of Shadowlands, and uh, I was very touched by it. But um, when they made it into a movie, uh, I remember Father Robert Lauder, who does film review, said he was saddened that so much of the, the uh, God focus of Shadowlands had been removed and watered down. And he presumed it was because, uh, as a Hollywood picture now starring Anthony Hopkins, it had to be broader in its appeal, which meant it lost some of its God power. Um, you've now taken a play and, and made it a movie. Were you pressured at all to reduce uh, the spiritual part of it? Uh, no, no, because mm. we're the producer, you know, that's, <laughs> right, right, yeah. and that's really the the the, the challenge. Uh, but 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 that you know that's a kind of a spiritual warfare right there. That's a powers mm. and principality notion that uh, boy, that's too uncomfortable. Let's not go there. You know, right. that's kind of. Uh, it's a kind of a Lucifer thing. All these things I'll give you if you'll bow down and worship me. Yeah. Uh, and, and the interesting thing is, I doubt very much that Anthony Hopkins and Deborah Winger would have fought that. I, uh, uh, I, I do think it, it probably came from the studio level uh, and, and the sense of, uh, you know, there's not a big enough audience for this. Mm -hmm. um, I still personally think that, you know, the spiritual element came through, not to the degree it should have, but I, I think any success that film had, and, and the film, by the way, is very interesting because it it, it doesn't age well, that film. Mm. Um, you know, I remember seeing it and I thought uh, it was quite beautiful. And, and I didn't know Lewis very well at that time, though I respected him. But seeing it more recently, I thought, oh, this film doesn't age well. Ah, that's interesting. I have to go back and look too, and and compare with uh, what Max puts on stage. Now, uh, I have to ask you this because it's intriguing to me that you were introduced to C.S. Lewis by the girlfriend who became your wife. And for those mm -hmm. who don't know, Max McLean and Sharon have been together for over forty-five years. Every weekend, I get to do weddings, and so that I don't give some generic talk on love and marriage, I ask the couple to write me an essay on on why is this the one of the billions out there that you think you can build a life with. Had you been asked to do that 45 years ago, why was Sharon absolutely the one for you? Well, you know, she was a hard-headed woman. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I needed. Uh, you know, I, I was I was floundering and she wasn't. And I, mm -hmm. I needed the, that uh, structure. And I mean, it, it brought me to Christ. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, know, uh, no, you know, she was an instrument, but there was a lot of things that were uh, floating around at that time. You know, it was almost like uh, this way goes nowhere. This way goes nowhere. That's the way to go. And she was part of that road and and really has been, you know, uh, that's one of the, you know, I'm talking to a priest here, but that's one of the great things about marriage is, you know, it's uh, uh, you, you, you have to you have to smooth out those rough edges. Yeah. Could you two have made it through 45 years if you didn't share faith? I think that would have been much harder, Yeah, you know, yeah. because it's like, uh, you know, wandering desires, uh, 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 you know, the uh, I'm so mindful, you know, you watch shows, uh, you watch films, etc. Uh, and most of the time, the the way love is expressed is mm -hmm. is this emotion, this desire and. Uh, and most people, most adults know that that's a very small phase of it. And, uh, and that will, uh, if you follow your quote unquote desires, particularly if your desires are disordered, 
mm-hmm. they're going to lead you uh, down the road to hell. And, and they have, you know, mm-hmm. um, so you, we, 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 in many ways, we have to tame our desires. And certainly marriage does that. Uh, you know, that's one of the reasons why we, we have to we have to worship. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I read Lewis. I read books is, is, is my natural self is always being moved in a direction. That's, that's not right. The difference is, is that, you know, when you, when you, when you constantly have a, uh, the, the Holy spirit or your conscience guiding you, you know, it's wrong. Right. Yeah, yeah. But when you don't, you don't know it's wrong. So you just go with it. Right. 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 Um, you know, uh, an occupational hazard of someone in the priesthood, actually anyone in any kind of religious work, is that we're always doing godly work, but making time to just uh, be present and allow him to be God is not something all of us do. It was Fulton Sheen who said years ago that any priest who's not doing a holy hour is going to lose himself, and there's some truth in that. I mention that because you're, you're very similar. You know, your, your ministry, your work is, uh, is godly work at every level of theater and movies. How about yourself? Are you... Are you able to make the time, to carve out the time? We had recently on that guy, Dallas Jenkins, who's behind The Chosen, which is so popular. And, and he's, he fights the good fight. He said, to, you know, I'm, I'm doing God's work, but, oh, i got to make time to actually be in God's presence and, and listen. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an occupational hazard of the work we all do. How does it's Max always, It's always a challenge. Uh, I was read something on Lewis that I actually, I'm writing a play and I actually put it in because it's a, it's a reminder to me, I'm paraphrasing it now, but it's like, I, I worry, he says that I worry so much about defending Christianity that I spend so little time with Christ himself. <laughs> wow. And then he said, oh, it is a subtle snare. Yeah. You know, it is a subtle yeah. snare, but I, but I do think, you know, that this is the world that we are put into. It's, it's this, uh, you know, it's not a perfect world. It's, it's not, you know, one of the great things about Lewis and Space Trilogy, he calls, you know, in his, uh, when you read other uh, alien movies, it's always the aliens are the bad guys and we're the good guys here mm-hmm. on Earth. In his uh, interplanetary novels, we're the bad guys. Yeah. Everybody, is, everybody is in harmony with the spheres. And we are the bent planet, hmm. and uh, you know because we're we're the ones that rebelled, and uh, and and that's and it needs to be redeemed. And so I think what you're describing, we're always going to have that challenge. Uh, you know, redemption and and sanctification is such a long process, and we fight it tooth and nail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, following our conscience is really hard. That's the subject of our play, The Great Divorce. You know that. Uh, uh, following following our conscience is is we'd rather we'd rather you know live in hell than than do the thing that'll get us into heaven, uh, and and Lewis says that the doors of hell are locked from the inside. <laughs> <laughs> Max McLean is our guest, and I want to for our listeners and viewers around the world. Uh, in cinemas nationwide, November 3rd, One Night Only, is The Most Reluctant Convert, the subtitle, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. Um, tell us a little bit about that, Max. How should folks uh, be part of that celebration on November 3rd? Well, the uh, please go to our website, cslewismovie.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, get to watch our trailer. Uh, you know, we're a theater company. We're not a movie company, so... Uh, the, the movie theaters have a little bit suspicious, not, uh, uh, not suspicious, but uh, 
skeptical of of our ability to draw an audience. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm happy to say ticket sales are going fast. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a lot of advanced sales that are adding shows. I think we're at 300 theaters around the country uh, and growing. Um, they're adding shows. So people are really finding the film and, you know, people like you are helping us to get the word out. Uh, the film is a very honest take at, uh, at a redemption story of somebody who really fought Christianity at a very deep level, was a vigorous debunker of the faith. And finally, uh, to he said, the most reluctant convert in all of England. And, and not only that, then he became, then he becomes C.S. Lewis. I mean, when he was, when he was, uh, converted, it wasn't obvious he would become what he became, mm-hmm. you know, probably the most uh, respected, influential Christian writer of the 20th century. Uh, but that's what God can do. Max McLean is our guest. Max, going back to you for a moment, um, big into a uh, family of origin. You chose a life in the arts. I'm just yeah. wondering, the family that you came from, did they see that as a, uh, as a good idea or as a very risky business? Oh, they saw it as very risky business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, I, I was on a law track and uh, in college, and then I I uh, I, I, I had a uh, sort of a degree uh, a, a pathology of uh, sociophobia, uh, fear of being in front of people, and so mm-hmm. the way I, I thought to overcome that was to go to the weird part of campus and take an oral interpretation class, and that's <laughs> when the bug bit. And so uh, w- w- what I found was that I really wanted to communicate something, but mm-hmm. of, of significance. And so, you know, I, I was introduced to Shakespeare, to Shaw, to Williams, to Arthur Miller. And I, I just fell in love with these writers and what they had to say and how they said it. And so I just wanted to be in that world. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was a long, and then all of a sudden, you know, when I, when I uh, really started taking Christianity seriously, I said, well, why not use the skills and techniques I developed in the theater and apply it to the scriptures? And uh, and so that's where this whole phase emerged later. Mm-hmm. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to be at a, a dinner uh, with Rex Reed, the critic. And I said, let's do a program, uh, you know, on religious films. And he said, why bother? He said, they're tedious, they're uh, predictable, they're usually stilted and badly made. Uh, and he's not entirely wrong. But what is it you hope that the reluctant convert will do to make people realize that a so-called religious or spiritual film can also be arresting to watch. Well, we do have to overcome those stigmas that you just, that Rex Reed just mentioned. And that's one of the things we want to do is overcome those stigmas mm-hmm. uh, by telling a compelling story about a, a man who, uh, it, it, who you would not expect. I mean, he was a very proud man, very smart mm-hmm. man. He was, a, you know, he, he, he sucked the air out of the room when he came in. He was, uh, uh, you know, just the biggest personality in the room and uh, for him to humble himself and to, uh, to really fight the good fight uh, from the position he came from uh, is very compelling to a lot of people, uh, particularly people that have been successful. You know, mm-hmm. they, people realize that success sometimes breeds a level of emptiness because, you know, you've climbed the mountain and, you see that there's another mountain to climb. Uh, and all of a sudden, it just feels like, you know, Sisyphus a little bit. So uh, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I do think that to, to know that, you know, uh, as Lewis says, if, uh, if you find in yourself a desire that no experience in this world can satisfy, 
the most probable explanation is we come from another world. Mm -hmm. uh, and so um, I think to plant that seed would be a, a huge win for us. Yeah. Um, Max McLean is uh, playing C.S. Lewis in this film in the mature version, the earlier by Nicholas Ralph, the, the wonderful young actor from All Creatures, uh, Great and Small. How in the world did he come to be associated with this particular enterprise? Uh, he is certainly an up-and-coming, amazing yeah. talent. Uh, when I look at him, I, I think of a, a, a young Ian Charleston. But how, how did he come I to you? you? Yeah, you? very yeah. similar. Yeah, how did we he come found to him. Uh, actually, uh, it was pretty late in the game. Uh, we had we had offered that role to someone else that uh, declined kind of late. And, uh, and then uh, uh, Norman Stone, our, our director, uh, his wife saw the first episode of All Creatures in England, which was like last July, a week, a year ago, July. Right. And uh, she told her husband, check this guy out. And uh -huh. so she liked him on, you know, seeing all creatures. So uh, got in touch with his agent. He was just filling, fill, he was just finishing a movie uh, in uh, Bulgaria and uh, uh, season two of all creatures had not been picked up yet. So he was free. Max McLean, thank you for being with us. And because I know we did this before earlier in the show, but I want our listeners and viewers not to miss November 3rd. And by the way, in addition to going to theaters that day to watch the film, for folks, for whatever reason, who don't on November 3rd, is it going to be streamed? Are people like well, my mom? I think, I think we'll probably have some video on demand uh, later, okay. but we're contractually obligated not to because of you know if you're going to be in movies then you can't compete so uh okay. that's probably going to be in 2022 uh to to do that and there's good possibility that that the theaters may give us an encore production because we are selling well okay so uh that that's uh, that seems to be the direction that that is heading but i mean eventually yes because that's where you know all cinema the the challenge for an independent producer like us a mm -hmm. film like this costs, you know, quite a bit of money. Right. And if you're if you're if you're giving it to like Netflix, they'll give you a very small number uh, amount of money, and then then they distribute it, and you you know you can't make any more movies. So uh, <laughs> so you want to do that at the end of the line, not at the beginning. And, and Max, for people like my 101-year-old mother who loves DVDs, will yeah. it eventually come out in DVD format? Absolutely, yeah. Oh, in good, fact, good, we're good. trying to we're trying to see if we can get DVDs out soon. Uh, okay, yeah, I, I I mean I I agree with you. You know that we we want to make it available to everyone. It's just sort mm -hmm. of the the in due time. Yeah. Of course, your mom's 101 years old, so she doesn't have a lot of time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Max, I, she may outlive you and me. I'm not sure. <laughs> Max McLean, thank you for all that you're doing, for your witness of the film, for, for your dedication to C.S. Lewis, and most importantly, for your dedication to the Lord. Thank you so much for being with us. Delighted to be with you. Thank you. As we end today's program, I thank you all for being with us. If you'd like to be in touch, go to personallyspeakingpodcast at gmail.com. You can also listen to Personally Speaking Podcast on YouTube by searching on the Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jim Losanti. And please don't forget to click like and subscribe. Personally Speaking is also available as a podcast on personallyspeakingpodcast.buzzsprout.com or you can go to www.closeencountertv.com or go to www.ollmp.org. And all of them have some of our past shows and our current shows as well. 
Personally Speaking is also now on Facebook at Personally Speaking with Monsignor Jimosanti. We're also on Instagram at Personally Speaking Podcast. I'm privileged to serve as host and executive producer, Personally Speaking. Our producer is Lisa Jandovitz. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll be with you again next time on Personally Speaking.